Today on Recur Now, the D2C economy is exploding. Plus, MoviePass goes to die. And the question remains, are subscription cars the future of transport? All this and more on this episode of Recur Now. From ProfitWell's Boston HQ, it's Thursday, February 6th. I'm Grace Gagnon. I'm Abby Sullivan. And I'm still James Herrick. It's another beautiful day to subscribe. Up first, we got your news. Sometimes Twitter is convoluted with too many of the same tweets, hashtagging all the same trends. But other times, amongst all the noise, you strike what I like to call Twitter gold. And that is? Tweets that have valuable nuggets of information. The latest Twitter gold I found comes from Laura Barron's Wu. She tweeted insights from Benedict Evans' latest deck on tech in 2020. Here are the big ones. E-commerce is massive and growing, and it's only 15% of addressable retail today. The D2C economy is exploding, and e-commerce enablement tools are powering the segment. Laura linked to the full slide deck, which is chock full of valuable information regarding D2C and e-commerce. But for now, we're going to break down the four main points she shared. Yeah, so e-commerce is massive and growing, but just how massive is it? Well, e-commerce sales in the U.S. climbed above $500 billion in 2019. At the start of the century, we weren't even at 100 bill. So this has been a clear, steady upward growth. Now her point on addressable retail, which covers things like cars, car parts, gas, restaurants, and bars, e-commerce is only 15% of that. Meaning that while 500 billion is a mighty number, it's only a fraction of addressable retail's $3.6 trillion in sales. Exactly. But still, D2C is exploding. There are hundreds of new D2C brands to watch as they gain traction over time. And personally, after zooming in on this slide deck, I've got my eye on a few. Grove Collaborative, Away, Billy, Birchbox, Quip, Drizzly. There's just so many. Now that independent e-commerce has exploded, so have the platforms enabling e-commerce transactions. We're talking Shopify, whose market cap is at $46 billion, Stripe at $35 billion, and then of course our social media faves are up there too like Instagram and YouTube. This Tech in 2020 slide deck has numerous other valuable predictions you should definitely check out. If e-commerce is hot right now, what's going to be the next big trend? And how do we in SaaS evolve with the ever-changing retail landscape? You'll have to read the deck to find out, which of course we'll link to in your subscriber newsletter. And now, the headline of all headlines. Well, for our pricing pro, John Mangini, that is, MoviePass goes bankrupt. Here's your TLDR. MoviePass is now officially dead and can be buried. The movie ticket subscription service and its parent Helios and Matheson Analytics have both declared bankruptcy and will seek liquidation, unable to find a sustainable model for its discounted service. Here with us today is MoviePass loyal and profit well pricing profesh, John Mangini. All right, Mangini, bring us back to the origin of your adoration for MoviePass. What intrigued you about the MoviePass model from the start? Yeah, so to start from the beginning from MoviePass, I mean, it started with me as a user, right? So I see this subscription service come out to the movies, which I love going to the movies. And as a user, I'm like, this is too good to be true. That's my first thought. There's no way this is an actual business. So me and my friends, of course, sign up, try it, and it actually works. So I think that's when, as a user, I'm like, this is amazing. And the business side is like, well, I hope it can last, was pretty much your thought was like, I don't know if it's going to make it. And we know MoviePass has seen quite the number of ups and downs, but you have stayed true for a long time. Why is that? Was it stubbornness or was it a true belief? We'll call it... 
naive excitement. I wanted it to be true, right? So just like when, think of when Napster first came out, right? It was amazing. Not, not that I'm saying that we passed Napster. However, they're very similar. As in when Napster first came out, you're like, this is way too good to be true. MoviePass comes out and like, they pretty much create a whole new customer experience for you to go to the movie. Where'd they go wrong? And I think uh, the biggest challenge in, in for them was they honestly just didn't understand their customers. This may be the last time we talk MoviePass, Mangini. Any final thoughts here? My big advice from MoviePass is, well, my t-shirts now worth more than my stock. Because I did have a lot of stock. Because at the first, again, I was committed. I'm like, this is going to make it. This is going to be successful. So I have a vintage MoviePass t-shirt, which I will still wear. Um, but again, yeah, it comes down to something we see a lot with customer, with current clients, right? It's you need to know your customers and also know that if customers are taking advantage of a certain value metric, if it's costing you money, there's a clear problem in place, right? You need to make sure you have limits in place. And even when they changed the limit of three movies a week, I think they were already so far past. Like the unlimited package hurt them so much that they just couldn't come back from that. RIP movie pass. And now James on subscription travel. If you're going to launch a car company, why bother with the ways of old-fashioned dealerships? Well, that's what Fisker and Canoe did. They're the latest and greatest in electric cars, looking to emulate the success of Tesla in its latest skyrocketing stock price. It's aspirational, to say the least. Both these startups recently exposed their product models and plan to offer cars through subscription. We know what you're probably thinking. Isn't a car subscription essentially just a lease? Well, not exactly. Subscription bundles the cost of using the car itself with expenses like insurance and maintenance bundled into the monthly payment without a long-term commitment, revolving around the notion of temporary ownership, namely a shared mobility service where customers can access a vehicle by the month and fulfilling a long unmet need that veers from the format of minutes, hours, that's car sharing, hours slash days, that's rentals, and a couple years, of course, that's a lease, and then three years to a lifetime, well, you know what that is, that's that's buying a car. We've seen big names like Volvo, Cadillac, and BMW already launching this type of service, but Fisker and Canoe are the first to launch new cars through subscription. By as early as 2025, vehicle subscription programs could account for nearly 10% of all new vehicle sales in the U.S. and Europe, says Forbes. And it's left us wondering, who's up next? And that's it for your February 6th subscription news. Up next, a recurring rhetoric breakdown of geographical pricing. Hey guys, Grace here mapping out geographical pricing on this recurring rhetoric. Geographical pricing adjusts the selling price of a product or service according to a customer's location. Here's an example. Let's say you're ordering something from the UK to the US and you're charged a high shipping price. This falls under geographical pricing because it essentially reflects the cost of shipping to different locations. Sometimes businesses will also adjust their rates to customize to certain places because it's more expensive to ship overseas. Geographical pricing works since sellers need to make sure they cover all their costs. And additionally, if a product is highly sought after and only made in one country, that country holds all the leverage for geographical pricing. That's a wrap on geographical pricing. For more SaaS subscription and pricing terminology, head to priceintelligently.com forward slash dictionary. And finally, a teaser for trade-offs with our very own Patrick Campbell and our good friend Heaton Shaw. So what about trade-offs? Profit Well and Product Habits present Trade-Offs 
where product leaders Patrick Campbell and Heaton Shaw join go-to-market and product forces to uncover the biggest trade-offs of industry players like Netflix, Evernote, Spotify, Black, Kanye West. With data, wow, this is huge. 86%. 86% said yes. With insight. As a product manager, if I have this data and I have this information now, what are your business constraints? All the streaming services, they have this licensing issue. A show for product people about the products you know and the insights you don't. And that's it for your February 6th episode of Recur Now. Check back here tomorrow for more and don't hesitate to reach out to me at abby at recurnow.com if you have news to spread or input on any topic we cover. This has been a Recur Studios production, the fastest growing subscription network out there. If you find use for this show, subscribe for more like it at profitwell.com slash recur.